She says most of the people who were involved in erecting the monuments were not necessarily erecting a monument to the past, but were rather erecting them toward a white supremacist future. Welcome to episode 35 of the Humanist Agenda podcast. My name is Kenny. I'm Sherry. And I'm Rory. And today we are talking about a relevant topic in our current events. Uh, And as of recording today, uh, at least in the news, uh, three people in Toronto have been arrested for defacing statues. Um, And today we're going to talk about uh, the the recent events in terms of uh, various activists defacing statues or uh, demanding that certain statues be taken down. So this uh, has been occurring uh, around the world, uh, maybe in our world more prominently in the U.S. and also in Canada. So why are people taking down statues and uh, trying to deface them? Have What's you seen on? the videos of the statues? Those are pretty good videos. Watching them, like that one in the UK, fall into the river, that was pretty epic. <laughs> that does sound very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So so if we were to if you were to summarize why people are doing this, what would be your high level summary? Partially fun. Gotta get those fun? videos. <laughs> oh, I, I did not because they that. want to go viral. <laughs> they want to go viral on TikTok. <laughs> I'm only kidding. <laughs> Those radical leftists (laughs) just trying to have fun. They're just having fun. Those snowflakes, they just want to throw all those statues in the river just to get those YouTube likes. That actually, (laughs) I looked looked for this specifically and I couldn't find anything. Maybe you two did. Uh, Has there been any mistakes? Because I don't think there has been in terms of which statues are being pulled down. I think it's been very deliberate and geared towards a very specific set of people and principles and not like... Tear them all down. Get rid of all the statues. I don't think mm-hmm. that's been the I, th- case. I think there's been controversial removals. Controversial, not not the fact that, you know, uh, we believe that, um, you know, the, the certain statue represents uh, the worst of humanity. It's actually maybe there's um, a, bro- a broader kind of 50-50 split on whether a statue really should be defaced or teared down, but we can maybe get into that uh, later. But re- really, you know, one of the uh, reasons that has been spoken about, about why some of these statues need to be taken down, um, at least especially prominently in the U.S., where initially Confederate statues were being taken down, because ultimately, you know, the Confederacy... Uh, try to maintain slavery, right? Mm-hmm. And there's been this weird justification for why why the South wanted to keep these Confederate statues up, even though technically they lost the war and they were traitors to America. So why revere them and why continue to uh, maintain a symbol of racism and oppression uh, and to basically even create this false narrative where um, you're commemorating someone that doesn't really deserve to be commemorated. Yeah, I think it starts with a, a rebranding of who these people were, sort of a myth building. You know, instead of being a slave owner and a, uh, a fighter for oppression, they become defenders of their state's rights. 
you know, kind of mystifying it a little bit. They were just fighting for freedom, the freedom to own slaves, but a freedom mm-hmm. nonetheless, you know. And there's this argument that there's like good men on both sides, right? So there was this Politico uh, article that I read that I want to quote from that said, as long as we continue to perpetuate the myth of Confederate innocence, the idea that good men on both sides fought over distance, distant abstractions and then came together again in brotherhood, we continue to lie to, to ourselves. I felt like that, that was very striking to me because I was like, yeah, like we have this good people on both sides argument. Um, I sat down with my father-in-law recently um, and just out of nowhere, he brought up statues and wanted to talk to me about them. And he was saying like, was it because he, he knew you were a radical leftist? <laughs> it might be. <laughs> uh, Cause I pulled his daughter to a black lives matter protest. Maybe. <gasps> See, I don't He's know. coming for you. <laughs> I don't know anything about this person yet, so I don't know whether this was a piece of cheese to bait you into an argument yet. I'm going to wait and see. No, no, I don't think it was a piece of cheese. Like, I think he's kind of there, but not maybe not quite as far as I would go. Um, just because he was saying, like, you know, why tear down a monument of somebody like you know, regardless of what they fought for, they were a really good general. So let's honor that they were a really good general. You know, I no. I have an issue but, with that. But, yeah, but do, do we, you know, when we, I think the question is when we put up monuments, right? Do we celebrate someone's skill for being a general or do we celebrate people's accomplishments or contributions to society? It feel, To me, it feels like, you know, statues need to, uh, sim- symbolize something that's positive <laughs> uh, for society and, uh, and revere them for their contributions versus their skill as a general. Because if it's just skill, we might as well, I don't know, just put monuments of every great fighter in the war, which they didn't, I mean, fighters in the war, some of them did you know, commit atrocities. And I don't know if that's the thing we should be revering. Or like everyone who scores perfect on the SATs gets a <laughs> statue of them. <laughs> that's your reward. I want a participation statue. <laughs> I participated. <laughs> I was there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, so my father-in-law is actually German. So he came over from Germany when he was really young. And so I kind of asked him, if this was a statue of um, a general who was a Nazi and who committed, you know, or who fought for the Nazi side, maybe didn't, you know, kill people in a concentration camp or whatever, but like at least fought for their side, would you still be okay with that statue being present? I don't think personally, I think that we should be looking at their ideals and, and, what they were fighting for versus, you know, how they fought. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you look at at uh, Germany, right, they don't have any Nazi symbolisms or they're not putting up statues of people from the Nazi party. They have monuments to the victims, 
Um, so if you go to Berlin, there's monuments to um, uh, Jewish people who were killed, um, various other, you know, uh, people in concentration camps. There's one dedicated to LGBT uh, people as well who were killed. So there, there's just a, th these monuments and statues uh, provide reminders and s symbolism to um, kind of honor those victims. Um, and there's no, at least I, when I've been to Germany, I haven't seen any symbolism that really honored, you know, <laughs> uh, the, the, the brave soldiers in World War II, right? It's no, interesting because I did look into Germany a little bit um, in that political uh, article that I read. Um, and it talked about how in Germany after the war, any statues they had of like any Nazi people, any statues of Hitler, any flags, um, any Nazi symbols on buildings, like they took that down immediately. They tore everything down. They scrubbed it off buildings. If they couldn't scrub it off, they like bombed it off. They weren't having any of it. So it's interesting that they were like, we're not having this. This is not the ideal that we represent. And um, I wanted to talk a little bit about how, you know, taking down statues is maybe not enough. So in, in this political argument, uh, sorry, in this Politico document that I read, they talked about how um, people still had these um, ideals around, um, I guess, what uh, Hitler represented almost. So um, the majority of people believe that Nazism had been a good idea, badly applied, and consistently over a third of the population continued to prefer that the country be free of Jews. Um, and then as late as 1955, 48% of people felt that Hitler would have been one of Germany's greatest leaders, but for the war. So people still had these, these sort of um, ideals and things like that. And in the 50s, the German government... Um, sometimes required people to view footage of liberated concentration camps before they could receive ration cards. So they had to really fight against, so like taking down these monuments, taking away the symbolism wasn't really enough. They had to really fight against um, Nazism and, and things like that in their country in order to make a change. Yeah, and I actually don't think it is, enough because when you look at where Germany at Germany is at right now you still do have you know neo nazis and kind of rising um uh, groups in that space so uh, th there's also this education slash uh cultural change that need to occur as well but um it, it, you know removing symbols is just one step <laughs> that that's taken, but uh, it, you, it needs to be kind of continued to help it, make sure people are aware of the history. And I think that's just why a lot of, for example, like historians are trying to frame it as, you know, we're, we're not trying to erase history by taking statues down, but it's about um, how do you actually uh, revere people that we want to revere, but also to make sure uh, we understand the context around these statues. And, you know, I, I think it, there's a, definitely a case for 
um, moving some of these statues away from the public eye and into museums or whatever else to make sure there's a uh, place where people are able to learn about why the statues were removed and um, you know moved to a museum and kind of the history and the context around it. I think, uh, no, go ahead, Kenny. Yeah. So one, one of the, um, uh, one of the historians that I read about on, on uh, NPR, uh, her name is, uh, I'm, I'm going to butcher this, but I'm going to try, uh, Manisha uh, Sinha. So she's a uh, Civil War historian at the University of Connecticut. Um, and she, you know, her, her position is really around, you know, there definitely are statues that need to be removed because some of these Confederate statues, it just doesn't make any sense from a, uh, historical American historical context. The Confederacy lost the war. <laughs> they, don't, you know, you're not going to put up uh, uh, monuments of people that were traitors to the country. Um, or if I were to put it in uh, uh, Donald Trump's words, losers. <laughs> you don't want to have statues of losers. <laughs> um, but uh, but they they do and. You know, her position is not about trying to, uh, we shouldn't be trying to destroy the statues because it's just a destruct, purely destructive exercise without any context. So she's pretty supportive of, you know, moving statues um, and putting uh, new context around the, uh, these statues. Um, the only thing that she challenges as well, it goes back to what you, uh, I had mentioned, there's kind of sometimes this like 50-50 split on uh, moving a uh, or removing a statue, where she while you know uh, there's certain statues like uh, Robert E. Lee, I believe. Yeah, is that the he's that's the Confederate general? general yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, def, so you know, she thinks for sure that he needs to be removed. But you know, there's certain she was dismayed when people were trying to take down Ulysses S. Grant, for example, uh, his stat his statue down, and she wasn't really comfortable with it because if you kind of look at the context of it. It's true that uh, Grant owned a slave, but that slave was given to him by his father-in-law, uh, and he was never comfortable with it. So he technically he had a, a slave; it was given to him, uh, but he freed that slave and also fought against the Confederacy and uh, obviously uh, won. So it's one of those, you know, if you put. A different context of, of it you know it's true you know back in those days some people did own slaves uh but it's kind of you there's needs to be a debate in terms of you know how uh do we still maintain a statue like that and put you know new context around it that it's true this person did own slave they also did contribute to defeating the confederacy um so I think that's the type of discussion that she would have liked to have versus people just t uh, taking down that statue because he previously did own a slave. So I don't know how you guys feel about that. Yeah, there are arguments that we should just put plaques underneath the statues um, or obviously move them to a museum. What I would say about the plaques is that like people don't stop and read the plaques. Like, the whole point of removing a statue that is um, commemorating, like, a racist figure in history is that you're going to have 
you know, like a young black child or something walk past that statue, maybe on their way to school every day, and they're learning about, let's say it's Robert E. Lee, they're learning about this general who fought um, to have, you know, their ancestors enslaved, and and yet they get a statue. Do you know what I mean? So it's still like the statue's still there. Plaque doesn't matter. Like, who's going to stop and read a plaque? Who cares about reading the plaque, right? Mm. Well, it's probably people don't they, read anymore that they don't read the plaques because <laughs> a lot of these plaques for uh, for the commissioned statues in the Confederate States they actually have reference to the rightness of the Confederate cause just written right on the plaques themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So e- even even then, uh, those plaques is setting the wrong context. <laughs> yeah. Around the the statue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think I think maybe when we're talking about someone like Robert E. Lee, let's take the whole statue out. You can put it in a museum or something where it can just gather dust. But like with the Ulysses S. Grant one, it's it's sort of a gray area where I think we can have a discussion around it, and you know maybe that's when a plaque is appropriate. Mm-hmm. And maybe another uh, perspective. There there was another uh, article in the Atlantic, um, and I, I I like the uh, the title of it. It's uh, the title is the case for a statue of limitation. Um, so, haha, <laughs> nice play on words. <laughs> that was good. But, uh, <laughs> but basically, uh, the the author uh, Yasmin uh, Sharhan, uh, she she proposed maybe you know another way of uh, doing something like that is actually uh, to let communities decide you know what statues uh, belong in those communities, but uh, but there needs to be some kind of like review period meaning or our periodic uh, review. So I, I don't know if this is the right timeline, but she had to like suggested every 50 years, there should be like a review of monuments and have the public and citizens actually review the context. You know, does it make sense for the community at this time? 50 years seems pretty long, but um, <laughs> things change pretty rapidly. But, you know, she, she's, she is suggesting, you know, there needs every few years, there needs to be a review of monuments to understand whether it's still in the right context for society today. And, and then, you know, based on that, you know, statues are either removed or more importantly, even like things added as well to kind of set the, again, a new context around the monument. And, you know, the proposal here is I think this could also open up a lot of discussions with the community around, you know, how do you actually uh, be more inclusive in some of these monuments? I mean, when you think about it, the majority of monuments are all just white men, right? <laughs> so, uh, you know, where are the women? Where are the people of color? I mean, so well, people of color are often on the lower pedestals in the same statues to illustrate. Yeah. You know what? I heard about a, a statue in Canada. I think it was removed at some point. Um, hang on. I have information about it. Um, Samuel de Champlain. Champlain? Yeah, I read about that one too. He has a statue where, like, he's, you know, standing upright or whatever, and he's got two indigenous people, like, looking up at him, and 
it reminds me of, I don't know if you read Harry Potter, but like there's this, uh, so when the evil, the evil people take over the ministry, they set up this statue where it's like the wizards are on top and they're standing on top of, um, you know, the, the people that they don't think are, um, as worthy as them. So like half bloods or elves or whatever, house elves or things like that. And it, it reminds me of that where it's like this, this statue of that's like blatantly showing you, these are the people who are not worth enough in society. Yeah. Who are not equal and are looked down upon. Yeah. Essentially. You know, we've talked a lot about, you know, applying the proper context. I think a big part of that is actually applying the context of the timing of when these statues were put up. Because, you know, most people, this is actually a a quote that I got from a professor at the University of Chicago, Jane Daly. She says, most of the people who were involved in erecting the monuments were not necessarily erecting a monument to the past, but were rather erecting them toward a white supremacist future. And that's why you see huge spikes in the construction of these types of statues at, well, speaking for the American example, two points in American history, the early 1900s, and then again in the 1950s, 1960s, and both times they were times of civil rights tension. So 1900s, you're looking at the the Jim Crow era, where they were looking to disenfranchise black Americans, and then middle part of the century, you've got the civil rights movement, so more statues go up as a pushback. They aren't monuments to history. They're actually a direct response to people who are pushing for a more egalitarian future. So do we include plaques about that when we move these monuments to museums? I think it's maybe the most important contextual factor to consider. It still kind of bothers me. Even though we're moving it to a museum, like, why... Why are we putting these things in museums to look at? I just I just think they should be totally eradicated. Like, I don't see the point of statues in general. I can see in terms of, if it's, again, part of the story about um, America and how uh, white supremacy has uh, continued to try to uh, gain more foothold in society it it tells the story about you know how as as rory you mentioned as society started shifting towards more inclusivity uh, there was this pushback and to tell the story of the pushback and the pushback was happening through lynching through uh the increased numbers of statues i mean that to me that's kind of part of the story Mm -hmm. um and and even if you were to go to like a world war ii museum i mean that's the story that's being told, right? It's all about really the, the context. And you have Nazi symbolisms in World War II museums. So it's not completely removed. It's just trying to put it into context about this is uh, this is what happened and this is what it was that, you know, people put these type of statues everywhere. Mm-hmm. I guess if that, yeah, if that's the context, like as long as that was the story being told I, yeah, and not like... yeah. I don't think it should be, if, if you're trying to put it in a museum, it shouldn't really be about, uh, I'm just going to leave this statue in the middle of the foyer. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Something everyone has to see as they pass. Exactly. And here's a exactly. plaque that has like no relevance to any of its surroundings. <laughs> exactly. 
exactly. It, it needs to be part of that storytelling in terms of if it's again part of that American history and um, yeah, it, it can't be like you know. Well, it's like a natural history museum where you have a, an animal just sitting there, <laughs> like an animal skeleton with a label. Or put mm-hmm. a fountain around it and, like, water is, like, shooting up in, in arcs around Robert E. Lee. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I can see a statue of Donald Trump being peed on, maybe. But that would be <laughs> very interesting. I might uh, road trip for that one. Get one of those statues of, like, I think it's, like, a child peeing or something like that. Or is it, like, angels that are peeing? Something like that. No, no, no. They pee no, on no. to g- Donald Trump. No, you need two Russian prostitutes. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It can't be That's angels. That's what I was thinking. It can't be anything like a <laughs> baptism. It has to be right okay. in the gutter where he belongs. Exactly. I don't know. So many of these statues are like religious in nature, and that's why we put them up. Is because as society, we're like, oh, we're Christian. We must put up a statue of, you know, this bishop or whoever. Yeah. So, what about a Canadian context? So, the recent uh, arrest in Toronto was um, uh, due to a defacing of uh, Everton Ryerson. Ah, uh, uh, yes. His statue. So. Uh, Obviously, our name, the Ryerson University was named after him, and he was an educator. Um, however, uh, he laid the groundwork for uh, the residential school systems, that which we talked about in the past in previous episodes, uh, which is why you know some students are asking for not only a statue to be taken down, but actually Ryerson University to actually change its name mm-hmm. as well. So... I think this Uh, is an example of where plaques are not effective because they did install a plaque by the statue that said he contributed to residential schools and, and, you know, it kind of framed that as a reference. But the statue is still there. It's still commemorating him and his accomplishments. And it's still Ryerson University. You know, you have to say Yeah, Ryerson University will still be there, right? So I don't know. What do you think, you know, they should kind of rename the university, take down the statue as well. I am definitely open given, given to that. The, given the given the context, right? If we kind of if or we're trying to frame it in the context, was he someone that we should be commemorate? Did he really? Did he have you know contributions that outweigh the residential schools? I don't know much about him other than residential schools. I think that's his lasting legacy: is that he had started and and pretty much created residential schools. Yeah. So I think get yeah. rid of them. I think, Take down his statue, yeah, there, change his school name, whatever. Mm-hmm. There, there's an opinion piece on the Global Mail kind of talking about, you know, oh, well, you know, everything that's named right now in our society has, is tied to someone that might have a uh, past that is not perfect. Like, people are not perfect. Um, so, you know, like... Dundas Street, you know, uh, named after Henry Dundas, who was uh, a British politician who delayed the abolition of slavery in the British Empire. I mean, there's, you, you, well, I'm sure we can go on to every single uh, street, every single uh, building or institution that's been named. We can probably find some uh, less than desirable uh, 
uh, history about that person. So, Especially in Canada, because we took a lot of our names from the UK, like London, for example. You know what I mean? All of our street names, well, a lot of our street names are named after street names in, Lon- in London, England. And you've got, you know, that colonialism history that's, that's integrated in there. Mm-hmm. So can- and then when you think about, for example, like John A. McDonald, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. So, I mean, he... I mean, he did help form Canada, right? But at the same time, he was also instrumental in um, uh, uh, harming, you know, indigenous people in the country. So, um, how how do you weigh that? Right? He, it's true, he he had a he accomplished something or helped kind of establish Canada. Uh, but at the same time, uh, we have to be aware of his less than desirable pass. Mm-hmm. What if we, like, what if we accompanied all of the John A. McDonald statues with beside it, having like higher up, like we could raise it up higher. We could have like indigenous people, like a statue that they create. So Looking every time down. you see John, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So every time you see John A. McDonald, you see indigenous people looking down on him. Yeah, but so I mean, some cities have actually removed the John A. McDonald's uh, statue, um, and you know, people have voted. I, if I recall correctly, I don't have my notes here on it, but I, I think I want to say Victoria, BC, might have removed it, or somewhere in BC, they've they've removed like uh, John A. McDonald uh, statues. But um, yeah, I, I think this is where it gets a little tricky in terms of for me, like I. Personally, I, I honestly don't really care about the statues. I, like, I don't, I, I think, you know, if you, if society believes a statue should be removed, you know, so be it. There's many, many other uh, people that we could potentially, you know, commemorate and um, uh, promote uh, in society. So it, 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 to me, it's just, you know, how, how do you convince people to agree that, you know, we should, you know, take a look, you know, maybe it, from my perspective, maybe even just let historians kind of provide the right context for us. Because ultimately, um, I I don't know if the general public is really the right people to kind of provide the context and to kind of uh, uh, tell the, basically tell the story. I think the general public can help, you know, decide, you know, whether to remove the statue or what to kind of replace it. But I, I think it would be important for us to uh, have like historians kind of provide us with the context of each statue um, just so that we fully understand the story. And it's the same thing on the, you know, when you go to, uh, when you have a medical issue, right, you want to talk to an expert in medicine. And especially with these statues, I feel like I, I would heavily rely on a historian to kind of provide that context for people. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, I still go back to the why do we have statues at all? Why couldn't we just take down all the statues? Like, what's the point of them? Take down the statues and Mm -hmm. plant a tree. And then you could name that the John A. McDonald tree and you can put a plaque on it and whatever. But, like, at least it's something functional. It just doesn't feel like statues are functional. Yeah, I I agree with that. Actually, You know, uh, definitely for me, I kind of swing a little bit more towards, I I feel like 
statues are completely useless. Yeah. <laughs> they they serve they serve no functional purpose other than I don't know. You could take a selfie <laughs> against it, but, but people don't even do that really. Like, there's one statue sure. that I can think of that people take a photo with, and that's like the bull in New York at the stock exchange, and that's it. Like, I can't think of any other statue that people are like. When I go to this city, I got to visit this statue and I got to take a picture of it and I got to take a picture with me. Like it's, it's just, it seems they're, they're irrelevant. I feel like in, in now. Mm -hmm. Is that a little America bias though? I mean, if you think of all the people who go to the Mediterranean or Europe, they're taking pictures with all those monuments. I don't want to go too far in saying statues hold no purpose. I don't think they serve the purpose that their defenders would like to believe they serve. I don't think they teach history. I think they are much more monuments to a certain set of values, which is why certain statues do need to be removed. So let's talk about then the reasoning why people say that we should keep statues or that we should keep Confederate statues, right? Yeah. Why why do people want it? For me, I... I don't really get it, but some people what, what, say, what, okay, what so, did they say? So here's what I've got, what I've, what I've found from, uh, yes, for your excursion into the, uh, <laughs> the other world's, uh, opinion. Sherry has conservative now, web. Sherry has now be, yes, Sherry has now delved into the, the, the far right. <laughs> I read one article and that's right. as far as I'm diving. <laughs> like I couldn't read past that. It was a, it was a stupid article and I don't even want to reference it. It's just, yeah. So I, I have, give, give us a quote. I dove into the conservative dark web so that you didn't have to. <laughs> um, so stat, uh, so statues are landmarks. They help us understand our history and um, where we've been and what we've gone through. Which I think is ridiculous. We could just say, like, you know, why don't we have education doing that? For one thing, um, they also say that statues are beautiful and their beauty is enduring, is what the website said. <laughs> Which, okay, white people, some of them can be beautiful, but what about people who are not white? Why can't we have other types of beauty in our world? Yeah, artistic value is mostly what I got um, yeah, but that's why there are art installations that are put up, right? You yeah. Have large, you know, art installations that can be placed in lieu of a statue. And um, like in, when, what is in, oh, in Chicago, there's the bean, right? I mean, <laughs> everyone loves the bean. <laughs> everyone, everyone, everyone takes a photo <laughs> of the bean. And um, yeah. The only legitimate argument that I could, like, I say legitimate with air quotations that you can't see on audio media, but it's that, um, it said that the Southerners fought mainly because they believed their homeland was being invaded. So they're saying these people who, who were involved, um, in the Civil War, they, not all of them were fighting because they believed in the cause. They were just fighting because the South was being invaded and their homes were being invaded and they couldn't get out of the way, essentially. (laughs) 
which is ridiculous so, to say so that why, people weren't why, informed. Why, why do you need? Why why do you need a statue to? They want to is commemorate to their you? ancestors who f- who couldn't get out of the way. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it actually, um, that reminded me of a quote I found from uh, Mabel O. Wilson, professor of architecture at Columbia University. She said that uh, Americans look for heroes sometimes more often than we look for the truth. And statues are very good at myth-making. So... Mm-hmm. That's what we have here again, just rewriting the story or writing the story with far less than neutral authorship to to create this narrative that makes the statue okay or still worthy of being an object of reverence. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the you know, we, we view uh, statues as, uh, as usually, you know, the statues are posed in a very heroic, uh, you know, very positive uh, stance. It's not like you, I don't know, create a statue of someone losing. <laughs> Usually, you know, their, their stance is pretty proud and victorious, but that's not what happened mm-hmm. in the U.S. And, 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 you know, going back to maybe uh, the Canadian context, you know, what, you know, we, we talk about uh, the purpose of these statues um, and uh, how there's, you know, some, reasons why you might take them down. What what are your thoughts about kind of uh, taking the statues down and also renaming as well? Because that that's kind of another. So definitely one of the, uh, in the Atlantic article where uh, the author kind of suggested kind of that regular review of monuments, uh, especially like regular review of monuments with historians, I found that to be pretty compelling in terms of uh, providing a opportunity for uh, the public to get involved, for especially the experts, which, you know, like historians mm-hmm. to kind of get involved else as well to provide the context. Because when you think about, you know, how are these statues being put up right now? They are put up by people with power at mm-hmm. the time. And... Uh, and usually right now, uh, or in the past, at that time when uh, statues are being put up, the people in power tend to be white men, and which is why you see predominantly a lot of white men uh, revered, in at least in North America, for example. So, um, Whereas uh, allowing an avenue or uh, a process for people to get involved, for historians to get involved, to be able to even suggest kind of alternatives to kind of put up uh, uh, whether it's maybe more exposure more diversity uh, for statues but I also really do like your point Sherry around why do we even need statues of people right Uh, I mean there are alternatives we could put up Um, and there are many type of monuments and statues that don't involve people right I'm a little surprised to hear you say that you want to have the public vote on it You've never no, no. been one for the public voting on Trust, like, statues to go I, I heard he wants experts, historians <laughs> Expert, to vote on it. I, yeah. So I, I, I want the, the public, public is... to be involved. <laughs> Wink. Okay. So experts, <laughs> but, public experts but, to be involved. Okay. No, no, no I, I, unfortunately, because we're in a democracy, you need to listen to the public, even though I val- do not value their opinions. <laughs> but... <laughs> But I, I think that this is where like historians need to kind of provide the context. But um, yeah, I 
I'm definitely not in favor of letting the public decide. Because <laughs> we're getting a Bodie McBoat face statue. You know that. <laughs> I know, exactly. You know, I thought it was super interesting when, Sherry, you were listing the the defender points that even though so often you hear you can't erase our history as you know, one of the main talking points, it wasn't about history at all, the defender's perspective. It was all about artistry and it was all about landmarks and, you know, not really referencing the context of why these statues were built in the first place. So I don't know, are historians even the right ones to make the call or are people just caring that there's a noble looking man sitting on a horse there? He's probably white. And is that what they're judging these statues by? Is that the response we're going to get from many figures in the public? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's, I mean, ultimately you need to have the right diversity within this pool of historians anyways, because obviously if you just have white men, as (laughs) uh, you're you're not getting that diversity piece. But I think, you know, there's got to be a lot of people that are studying history at this point. Yeah, I would imagine there's a diverse range of scholars who could contribute different perspectives on the value and merits of statues. Yeah. But I, I will go back to, I mean, I really like Sherry's idea or, or thought around let's, I mean, there are options in not having people, right? If you think of the various, uh, like Vimy, I can't remember, Vimy Ridge, it has a few generic people. Um, and then in like the Ber- in Berlin uh, for the Holocaust, there are no people. It, it's uh, as part of their monuments. Does it help so, if they're unnamed people, do you think, rather than having a statue to Robert E. Lee, if it was just some soldier, does that make it more okay? Yeah. But and maybe, I mean, it also, uh, some of these monuments kind of um, uh, bring light about some of the, either the atrocities or, uh, the victims uh, that we want to at least highlight to the next generation about, you know, how we need to learn from our past and not repeat our past and be able to kind of um, uh, make sh- uh, bring to light, you know, some of the, the, the past flaws in society and just to give people a little bit more education around, you know, don't be a racist because mm-hmm. <laughs> this is what's going to happen. That's yeah. Being a racist is just not going to be back in style, guys. You got to let it go. Yeah, I think we. I, I think we need things that are practical to go up on statues, like like trees, like real trees, or or getting artwork pieces by you know indigenous people or um, people of color and that sort of thing. Um, I was trying to look into some alternatives. Um, and back in 2013, um, there was a group of atheists who um, tried to fight uh, a Ten Commandments statue that was near the courthouse in Florida. Um, and they failed to get it removed because it, it's just this, like, religious symbolism and and we're supposed to be a, sec- like, secular society um, so then they erected their own statue and it was a bench with some secular phrases, which is nice. It's not exciting. I would like something more exciting, but like, it's got some secular phrases. But a bench phrases is practical. That, it is. That what you want? Okay. I give you that. I get, like a concrete bench. I don't know. Maybe put some yeah, cushions on so. there or something. <laughs> 
But yeah, like we should have something exciting. But there was also recently, I don't know if you heard, um, in England, the slave trader um, that they tossed into the Thames River, the video that I've watched like 10 times and quite enjoyed. <laughs> and people have set music to it. It's pretty pretty awesome. Um, the, that slave trader, he's gone. And um, Black Lives Matter decided to replace that statue with um, a Black Lives Matter activist. So for about 24, 25 hours, there was a woman, a, um, a black woman, who had her fist raised in the air, um, and they changed the plaque at the bottom. They just put a different thing in front of it that just said Black Lives Matter. And so they've they've tried to subvert the um, the statues there and replace them with something more uh, valuable to what we're going through now, what we're living through now. Um, mm-hmm. Unfortunately the city had like Bristol had to remove it um, because it wasn't, you know, allowed to be up by city laws or whatever. Um, But they, they sent it to a museum and um, the artist can either collect it or donate it to the museum. Um, Yeah. But they like Bristol wants that monument, the, the old slave trader monument to be determined by the city inhabitants itself so i think that goes along with kind of what you were saying before kenny of like people deciding what we find important and maybe we change it up every 50 years why do these statues have to be so permanent Mm -hmm. it doesn't i mean it's just a statues are just a human concept Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you know we it there's no time limit that a statue needs to be up right unless it's a tree there forever Let's keep the yes. trees. We can change the plaques. No. Tree, tree, yeah, trees are not statues. They're, mm-hmm. you know, wonderful living things. But, but we, mm-hmm. could, oh. we should make them all functional. Why don't they have solar mm-hmm. panels? Why don't they, like, do something for us that's, that's good for our society? Yeah. When you mentioned, you know, the, the, at the courthouse, they put benches uh, with, like, secular uh, quotes on it, right? Is that yeah. what they had? Yeah. Uh, that is a very atheist thing to do. I feel like I feel like if you're an atheist, you're like, no, we're gonna make things functional, right? We're gonna have a purpose. Yeah. Well, I mean, atheists don't really believe in worshiping, um, yeah, exactly gods, right? Like, why would we yeah. worship something? And I feel like that's what statues do. That's why we like these statues of people. It's to worship them. It's to to sing their praises or whatever. We just need something practical. Trees. You know, benches, <laughs> benches um, solar panels. Let's do those yeah. kind of things. Sherry, I'm totally, totally on board with you. You have totally convinced me. I was like thinking, you know, we'll just switch out these statues every now and then. But practical makes sense to me. <laughs> like my the the my scientific brain in me is telling me there's got to be practical. Like, <laughs> <laughs> or it could be like biodegradable, or it could be made of seed, so you only have it for like 24 hours, and then the birds One way or another, it. it's going <laughs> away the birds it. <laughs> Which would maybe be terrifying. <laughs> I could just see it. just a flock of birds just attacking the statue. <laughs> The squirrels, the squirrels going at it. You know, uh, it's practical. 
Oh no, Robert E. Lee's face is being eaten by a raccoon. <laughs> that is exactly what I started thinking. If only they were made out of biodegradable edible materials. <laughs> See, this is what we need to be doing. <laughs> I love it. Love it. We need to change these racist statues into bird seed. And then then we'll feel better about it. Then we don't have to like enjoy the destruction we can enjoy the birds eating it and you know bird watch i don't know (laughs) oh the crow's picking at its eyes now (laughs) maybe maybe historically relevant you know a lot of uh a lot of that happened in the medieval times who knows reenactments well, that was fun. <laughs> I feel like we we're, we're on a good note nice. now. Perfect. I feel like yes. we, I think we I think we need to end it now. <laughs> so, well, uh, I think we should end it as well because we have a tornado warning and we might need to go into our bunker. So, we don't want to die. <laughs> I'll be so, hiding under a table. No bunkers here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, thanks for joining us today on our discussion and. Uh, have a safe rest of your weekend, and let's hope that none of us die. <laughs> <laughs> and put bird seed on statues. Yes. Mm-hmm. All okay. future statues, bird seed, perfect. All right. Till next time, everybody. Okay. See ya. Bye. Bye. I don't get Amber Alerts either. My phone is, like, completely useless in terms of getting oh, significant so warnings. So if there's some disaster Child coming, you're never going to find no out. Idea. Tornado right <laughs> outside my window, I'm going to have to hear it in order for me Are to Are we okay. podcasting through a tornado right now? <laughs>